from Blundery, another show centered around Christmas called Not Nice. But let's get real. We all know this is just to distract you from the real story going on. The story that Richie Buck is telling. The story that Santa may be a criminal. So no, I'm not advertising their show. Are you crazy? Give the mitten to the man. This is a non-ad ad. It's an ad to listen to Richie Buck. The show powered by Too Many Bucks to Chuck. So Santa may be a criminal is brought to you by Santa may be a criminal. Thumb your nose at the other guys. This ad is solely for satire and not intended to offend any large podcasting networks or their wonderful programming. This program contains talk about criminal activity and may paint a not-so-flattering picture of some of your childhood heroes. It even includes a few cuss words and may not be appropriate for your youngins. So, you might want to earmuff them or send them outside to play. Thanks for listening. that right, Santa Claus. My name's Richie Buck. I'm a former pest control technician, carpenter, and sometimes wise man in my church Christmas program. As for my current situation, I'm an investipodster. And the jolly man you just heard on that recording? Well, last year he got locked up. This year, he's gone and busted out of jail. Guess who's going to drag him back to face the Christmas music? You can thank me later. This is season two of Santa May Be a Criminal, an ongoing Yuletide investigation. You got anything else other than cookies and milk? Do you have something like bangers and mash? And this is the fifth day of Christmas. The Yule Log. Hi, I'm Nick, and you may know me from the True Crime Garage podcast and the voice of hopefully one of your favorite characters on Santa Maybe a Criminal. Can you guess who? Well, I have another great podcast to tell you about. It's called The Big Kid Show, and it's available for free everywhere you get pods. Big Kid Show is three longtime friends talking about movies, music, video games, and everything great from the last four decades, especially the 80s and 90s. Each week, we play a new game, pick a new theme, so join us for Trivia Night, Top 3, Rankums, and some If You Were Trapped on an Island. If you catch yourself constantly thinking about Halloween candy, 90s music videos, and Ivan Drago, well then check out me and my friends on The Big Kids Show. Listen to The Big Kids Show at the gym or on your daily commute for a fun pick-me-up. Available now, everywhere. This was the scene when NOPO Mayor P.P. Patnod banished Santa Claus from the North Pole, the very place considered synonymous with him and with Christmas. Santa Claus up and banished from his jail cell down in the United States. Not quite sure how Mr. Buck allowed that to happen, but that is no matter to me now. For today, I declare, nay, I decree, 
that Santa Claus is no longer welcome at the North Pole. Santa Claus is banished from the North Pole. And as soon as those words left his lips, the first of the assault came. Oh, tiddlywinks. Inside, Richie. Snowballs. And I mean lots of them. It's pandemonium out there. What did you expect? You just banished Santa Claus from the North Pole. Desperate times, Richie. Desperate times. Don't you think that's a short-sighted idea? After he serves his time, he's going to have to go somewhere. Well, that's somewhere. It ain't here. He won't be able to live back home. He'll be harassed. He'll never be left alone. Well, what's it to you? I thought you hated him now. Shit. He's right. I do, but... But you're compassionate. Some would call that weak, Richard Buck. Some, maybe, but not all. And not the people that matter. At the end of the day, none of this is my problem. <sighs> but, Mayor... You think you know what's best for us? You've been here, what, twice? Just because you have that key to the city does not mean you speak for all elves. I shut my mouth, knowing he's got his mind made up and his undies in a wad. We walk back down the hallway toward his office when I see a figure up ahead. A familiar figure. Wait, is that? Hi, Richie. It's Ellie the Elf. And if you remember her at all, you remember she is not supposed to sound like that. Your voice. I know mine's scratchy too right now. She looks down, sort of ashamedly. My shift at the workshop ran long. Oh, that's right. You see, elves' voices don't change until they have to work in Santa's workshop. I don't know what the cause is of that. Perhaps the paint fumes or the long hours. But you might be wondering why Santa nor Karen Claus's voice sound that way. I'm curious about that, too. Maybe I'll ask them if I ever see either of them again. You see, this, this is the problem. That workshop is destroying the innocence of elves across the North Pole. Voices change to, to, well, like hers, like mine. I cannot stand for it. I understand that, but what about Christmas? What of it? Isn't Santa your cousin? Isn't blood thicker than water? Not here. At the North Pole, water freezes expands, gets thicker than blood. I sigh. I thought appealing to his family values would be enough. But millions of people look forward to Christmas every year. Yeah, that may be true. But I was elected to create a better, more modern path forward for the North Pole and all of its elves. Not for your materialistic desires. It's strange. Out on the balcony when P.P. was speaking about banishing Santa Claus, he seemed sort of sinister. Here, he seems rational, in a way. I have a call with Maria Milk Thistle about a potential move of the workshop. Maria Milk Thistle? The mayor of the South Pole. Oh. Now, in my view, the best course of action is to outsource the workshop down south and diversify our economy. We have a lot to offer the world. We could be the world's leading snow cone manufacturer. Or we could get into the highly profitable reindeer jerky game. I shudder at the thought. Either way, our current course is untenable. What other country uses Morse code as its primary method of mass communication, Richie? 
He does have a point, and I have to admit, P.P. Patnod is nothing if not savvy. I relent that this is a debate I cannot win, so I turn my attention back to Ellie. She doesn't look all that different, it's just her voice. And it breaks my heart a little that she's had to go and pick up shifts in the workshop. I'm sorry I missed you at the elf port. I take it hope and faith took care of you? I see the bruise. Yeah, they got me here, almost safe and sound. Well, I'm here now. I can take you to the inn if you like. I turn to P.P. He smiles underneath that odd-shaped mustache and sideburns combo and reaches out his hand. I take it, and we shake. Richie Buck, welcome back to the North Pole. You are always welcome in our city. Suddenly, he pulls me close, and I drop down to one knee. He leans into my ear and whispers, As long as you're nice. Then, he releases my hand. I stand, and we look at each other a long moment. I don't know if we're friends or enemies or some weird combination of the two. I nod. Thanks, Mr. Mayor. Ellie, you ready? Let's go. Ellie walks a little ahead of me. It's crazy how fast she is. I mean, she has to make like three steps to my one to cover the same distance. Still, I find myself trying to keep up. So you're at the workshop now? Yep. Is everything okay? I guess. It's clear she doesn't want to talk about it, so I change the subject. How's your dad? Always busy. Always in meetings. I would have thought he would have kept you out of the workshop. He said he needed eyes and ears on the inside if he was going to change the face of the North Pole. It's concerning to me that Todd, who knew the dangers of the workshop, would send his own daughter in as a spy. I'm sorry. It's okay, come on. Ellie leads me down the boulevard past shuttered shops, congregating elves, some of which smile at me, others who look like they want to punch me, and a few stray reindeer. I think about Pee-Pee's comment on the jerky and look at them sadly. So, what do you think about Santa? What about him? You saw he escaped, right? Yep. And? I'm glad he's out. You still believe in him? Why wouldn't I? Because he lied to me. Why should that change my opinion? He's always been nice to me. Hmm. Food for thought, but... Well, I'm going to track him down and bring him back to jail, you know. I know. I heard. Don't you have anything to say to that? She stops and swivels and marches back to me. What do you want me to say to that, Richie? We disagree. I know Santa. You think you do. Yeah? If you know him so well, where is he? If I were him, I'd go somewhere warm. She spins and continues on. I wonder for a moment if she knows more than she's letting on. Speaking of Santa, where's Karen? She's busy. Why did she ask me to come here if she was so busy? I'm only here because of her. I don't know. Why don't you ask her? Well, because I haven't seen her yet. (laughs) I know. All right, we're here. We stop in front of a sort of boxy-looking building. It's not the same little quaint inn I stayed in the last time. Christmas Holiday Inn El Spress? Here's your key. You're in room 212. Now look, it's best you not travel without a guide. Why? In case you haven't noticed, you stick out like a sore middle finger. A sore middle finger? Sounds about right. In a coroner's report, the word undetermined is used to describe the manner of death when there's insufficient evidence to support something more conclusive. When she went missing, I was like, she was murdered. Like, people don't go missing here. In the summer of 2018, Jessica Easterly Durning was found dead in her New Orleans suburb. Her cause and manner of death 
were ruled undetermined, and that word has haunted Jessica's family and hindered her investigation ever since. If the police department isn't going to do anything, why isn't another agency not coming and saying, let us do something? I'm investigative journalist Jessica Knoll. Follow along as we dig deeper into the mysteries surrounding this case, which hangs in limbo until that word undetermined is changed. If it seemed like some sort of foul play to three amateurs, I can only imagine how it would look to someone who does this every single day. From Resonate Recordings and Tenderfoot TV, this is Undetermined. After checking into my room, I make my way to the bar. I can tell this hotel is built for visitors like me because it's mainly human-sized, except the elevator buttons are a little on the low side. I take a seat next to a couple of elves. They're sort of dressy. Looks like they've been out of the town. Anyone sitting here? You are now. Thanks. What y'all drinking? Mistletoe martinis. Hmm. Any good? Well, my friend, that depends on how you want to feel in the morning. Got it. I order my drink and glance at the fuzzy black and white television in the corner. Where are you from? Georgia. The state or the country? Well, if my accent hadn't given it away, the state. What brings you to the North Pole? <sighs> I have a podcast. We do too. Oh? It's called Elf Talk with Everly. Nice to meet you. And Ethan. Oh, nice to meet y'all. Small world. What's your show? I lean in and whisper so I don't draw attention. Santa may be a criminal. Shut up. You are Richie Box, seriously? Yeah, let's uh, let's try to keep it down. We love that show. Oh, thanks. Hey, when you track him down, give me a call. He hands me a small business card. It's about a third of the size of our business cards, and I can barely make out the official badge of the FBI. Your FBI? South Pole Division. Wow. Well, what brings you up north? The weather. I glance at him. Come on, man! I'm just fucking with you. The weather up here sucks. Sucks back home, too. <laughs> Crazy. I just assumed you were locals. Oh, so you think just because we're elves, we can't live anywhere other than the North Pole? Come on, Richie. What do you think leprechauns are? Really? They're elves? Where the f*** do you think they come from? Huh. Learn something new every day. And I guess fairies are elves, too, then? <laughs> Shit. I forgot. Elves hate fairies. I mean, hate them with the passion of a billion Christmas lights. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. That was a joke. A really bad joke. Jeez. Tough room. You're, you're telling me. So, what are two elves from the South Pole? Sopo. Sorry, Sopo. Doing up here at the Nopo. Hey, let's hit that booth over there in the corner so we can... Speak more freely. Yeah, and so Richie Buck here doesn't get us all killed. We move across the room to a corner booth that is next to a frosty window. I notice a man in the far corner with sunglasses and a black suit. He looks quite out of place. Who's that? No idea. He was here when we got here. He gives me the creeps, and after we make eye-to-sunglass contact, he gets up and tosses a couple of elf tokens on the bar and leaves. That was weird. You better watch your back, Richie. Looks like he was here for you. Ugh. Another thing to worry about. So, again, why are y'all here? 
Everly glances at Ethan and he gives her a subtle nod. We usually don't comment on active investigations, you know, especially to the media. But you're making an exception? Yeah, but only because you may have information that might help us too. Fair enough. We have reason to believe Mayor P.P. Patnod is being influenced by outside forces to move Santa's workshop. You mean Todd O'Tannenbaum? The Todd father, yes. We've identified unusual elf token activity in some of the government bank accounts. But isn't this a completely separate government than the South Pole? Well, we have the same president. Oh, funny. I've never heard the president mentioned before. She's very private. And no one knows much about her. She only got elected because R1 hated the last one so much. And when the next election comes around, they'll hate her and elect the next one that rises to the top of the Blanville. Sound familiar? So, I mean, what could I provide that might help? You have to find Santa Claus. That's kind of why I'm here. We know. We've actually been following you since the train. Apparently, I really need to pay better attention to my surroundings. Just find Santa, and we can get balance back to the North Pole. But wait, I'm not bringing him back to the North Pole. I'm delivering him back to prison where he belongs. You do that, and you're endangering the lives and livelihoods of thousands of elves, including Ellie. Well, that puts me in a sticky spot. I do have a soft spot for Ellie. I mean, she's just a child, even if she is like almost 120 years older than me. How do you know about Ellie? We know you met with PP. We know you know the Todd father. And we know you're hunting down Santa Claus. Those are our big three. I look down, rub my eyes. I'm tired now. This mistletoe martini has my head swimming. Think about it. And let us know when you bag the fat man. Will do. We'll be watching. The two elves get up from the table and start away, but Ethan leans in. Eeny, meeny, ho, ho, ho. Catch a Santa by his toe. If he ho-hos, bring him in to save your elf friends' lives again. And with that, they left the bar. Hey everyone, I'm Brittany, the host of Wicked Deeds, a true crime podcast where I, alongside my co-host John... That's me delve into all things true crime related, with an emphasis on unsolved cases throughout the Northeast United States. I chronicle the stories while John analyzes each case using his investigative background. Through our conversations, we aim to bring more attention to these cases and, with any luck, help produce new leads to be worked. You can find Wicked Deeds on all major platforms, with new episodes releasing on Tuesdays. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on our socials to stay up to date on all things Wicked. I fumble with my key, but eventually get my door open. It's dark inside. The distant sound of Christmas music, well, here it's just music, oozes in from outside, and the red blinking of distant lights bathes the room in a sort of weird red glow every few seconds. As my eyes adjust, I see it. A silhouette framed by the window. Who's there? I said, who's there? I have a gun. What? No, you don't. Karen? Who do you think it is? Turn on the light. I fumble for the light, eventually finding it and turn it on. How did you get it? Didn't we go over that last time? We did. I've been asking to talk to you all day. I've been busy. I know, I was told. Over and over again. You mind? She gestures to the large red chair near the bed and I nod. She sits and sighs. (sighs) How was your trip? Long. Cold long. So pretty normal then. 
pretty normal. Have you heard from my husband? <sighs> Not since that last call. You? Yes. He called me from a Las Vegas number. He always did like gambling. That's what he called me from too, but the psychic I spoke with said he's not in Las Vegas. Of course, one of her clues was Georgia too, and I don't think he's there. I'd wager he's in Las Vegas before Georgia. Don't worry, I'll figure it out. I have no doubt, Richie Buck. I have no doubt. <gasps> Wait, I love this song. We sit quietly for a moment, listening to the distant music. I move to the window and open it so we can hear the music better. You still love him, don't you? Look, we've both had our fun. But you can't spend that many years with someone and just turn your heart off. What the future holds for us is anyone's guess. But I wish he was here. I think if he was, he'd be able to get some of the chaos in order. PP sure isn't able to do it. It's pretty divided out there. It's pretty divided everywhere. Unfortunately, the one fella that I think can help bring us all together around the proverbial Christmas tree isn't around to do that. She sighs, looks down. So, why'd you bring me here? Especially when so many elves apparently hate my guts. Hate your guts? You should see the hate mail I've been getting lately. I'm sorry to hear that. Don't be. Karen stands, leans down, and picks something up from the floor. When she lifts it, I can see that it's a large, leather-bound book. It doesn't look that different from the naughty and nice archives at City Hall. Except, on the front of this book are the words, The Yule Log, Volume I-V. And when in Rome, I-V means four. Not sure what it means at the Nopo, though. What's that? It's his logs. Logs? Yeah. You know how long-haul truckers have logbooks? Who do you think is the longest hauler there ever was? Santa Claus. Right. Now... This book covers the years 1989 through 2019. If you look through it, you'll find places where he's made interesting little notes. Things that made him stop extra long, if one of the reindeer had a problem, or detours he took. She flips to about the middle of the book. Like here. San Diego, 2005, note. Stopped at the zoo to look at the monkeys. Who could blame him for that? She drops the book on the bed and looks up at me. There are notes like that all throughout. Perhaps there's a clue inside that could help you. Thanks. I flip through the pages, see things like 1991, Tucson, Arizona. Dasher's got diarrhea again. Here's one, 1998, Boise, Idaho. I thought there'd be more potatoes. And 2012, Denver, Colorado. The air here smells different this year. Very skunky. Interesting. I'll take a look. But... Why didn't you just mail this? Too dangerous. I couldn't risk it getting in the wrong hands. Of course. There is one more thing. Yeah? She looks past me to the door. Ready for you. I hear a key fumble in the lock and the door opens. 
How many elves have keys to my room and should I be concerned? Anyway, in walk two people, a man and a lady. The man is broad-shouldered with a thick beard, heavy jacket, and a thick skull cap on. The lady is petite, but dressed in a long white jacket. She's wearing a red cap, and her cheeks are bright red, as though she's either blushing or wind-chapped. I look from the two of them to Karen. This is Richie. The man speaks first. He reaches his hand out to shake. How you doing? I'm Ralphie. Nice to meet you. I guess every Christmas story needs one of those. I turn my attention to the lady. And you are? Savannah. Claus. I'm Karen and Santa's daughter. Daughter? He never mentioned having any children to me. Her eyes cut to Karen. He never wanted me to be spoiled. I mean, every kid in the world wants Santa to visit them, but what if you live with him 364 days of the year? Sure. And you two? Married. Going on five years now. Nice. Go on, Savannah. Tell him. I look at Savannah. Her cheeks are almost as red as her cap now. Do you need to sit down? No, no. It's... I talked to him. Yeah? Did he let on where he was or anything? He only told me one thing. Karen has turned and is looking out the window now. Okay. What did Santa tell you? Christmas is canceled. Santa Maybe Criminals conceived while playing Mario on Wii. Yes, Wii by Jason Usry, Rebecca Sebastian, Shiloh Catneys, Scott Musgrove, Michelle Kaz, and a few rogue elves. To become a rogue elf, head over to Patreon where you can be naughty, nice, a VIE, that's a very important elf, or even the mayor of the Nopo. That's patreon.com slash Santa Maybe. Santa Maybe a Criminal is part of the Glassbox Media family, the premier podcast platform for both creators and brands. Santa Maybe a Criminal is written by Jason Ussery, hosted by Richie Buck, podcast production and editing by Richard Buck, social media designed and delivered by Ricardo Buck, website management by Ricky Buck III, all other duties as assigned to Richard Buck. Santa Slay Sound Design by Captain Fat Hands. Music and sound effects licensed by paying through the ears to multiple royalty-free audio providers, not the least of which are Epidemic Sound, Soundstripe, and Motion Array. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to give us a five-star rating and write a review to get on the permanent nice list, or you can roll the dice. You've been warned. Going to leave you with a public service announcement from a great organization in the true crime space. Thanks so much for listening, and remember always, always, always be nice. When a person goes missing, their loved ones often find themselves overcome with worry and grief. Bruce Maitland started the 501c3 nonprofit organization Private Investigations for the Missing because he knows this feeling all too well. When Bruce's daughter Brianna disappeared in March 2004, he was surrounded by licensed private investigators dedicated to finding her. Now his mission is to provide dedicated private investigators at no cost to other families of the missing, desperate for answers but without the financial means. Private Investigations for the Missing needs your help. To read the mission statement, make a donation, and keep up with our blog, visit us at investigationsforthemissing.org and follow us at PI for the Missing on Twitter and Facebook and Investigations for the Missing on Instagram. 
because forever is too long to wait.